This is the Way to Go podcast, and we are about faith, family, and daily life. We're about taking God's word, breaking it down, making it practical to everyday living. Now, if you want to watch the show, you can actually go to Eagleville Bible Church. Just go to YouTube, type in Eagleville Bible Church. You will find it on the Way to Go playlist. But again, faith, family, and daily life. This is what we're all about. Welcome to the Way to Go podcast. Bill McMinn from Bigger Bob Church along with me, Jen Downey. So glad to have you here, Jen. Happy to be here. Good. I'm glad. <laughs> now we're going to talk about, since this podcast is going to be on Good Friday. So it's not really like, I always wondered like, why did they call it Good Friday? Because it's not exactly like great for Jesus. Not a great day. <laughs> yeah. A little sad. Right. It's sad. I mean, they, they beat on him. They put him on a cross. There's darkness. There's... I mean, you look at the things that go on there, the jealousy, the hatred, the injustice, all those things. But I believe we call it Good Friday because it's good for humanity, even though it was a bad day for Jesus Christ and really a bad day for God, if you want to put it. God, the Father, who had to watch this all unfold for us to have eternal life and our sins forgiven. Yeah, not humanity's shining moment as a people. No, definitely. But definitely good for us in the length of the story <laughs> right so what i did i just took this the whole thing you know jesus christ on the cross and that last day okay so what was going on on that day and we know that before that that night he'd been betrayed by judas and then they have the trial and he gets shipped off to here then he comes back then he's before pontius Pilate, and finally Pilate gives up on the whole thing and washes his hands of it and lets him crucify him and then you're you're off to the races now and so by nine o'clock, they said before nine o'clock, Jesus Christ would have been on his way to the cross. And the interesting thing when I was reading about this was they would try to put these executions by a city gate or not too far away. So it was on a main passageway mm-hmm. that people coming in and out of the city would be forced to see it because they didn't they didn't want to give in to any insurrection. They wanted everyone to know, hey, if there's any hint that there's an insurrection here or you're going to be a tr- problem maker, troublemaker, this is what's going to happen to you. And of course they were accusing Jesus Christ of plotting an overthrow. And he yeah. thinks he's King of the Jews. And of course they had just had the triumphal entry. So it wasn't really hard pressed to make that statement. And he came to Jerusalem, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, right? The King of Israel, they're chanting all this stuff just at the triumphal entry. So it really wasn't much of a reach to no. get there. Yeah. And that's what I, I actually was just discussing with uh, Lakeside's FCA about the fact that, that these crucifixions were so public and right. they were so well documented. Right. Like, um, I think over half my FCA, we asked, do you think Jesus is fictional character or was he real? Over half of them raised their hands. Like they thought he was a fictional made up character. And I was like, guys, you can argue a lot of things. Um, but the fact that he historically was born, lived and was crucified is so, so well documented. And right. so here you see like just the apologetics aspect of like, they really thought a that. Jesus I mean, that really existed in that crucifixion was so well documented. Everyone saw it. Right. So we're saying in Ashtabula County, yeah. in a fellowship of Christian athletes yeah. meeting, that mm-hmm. half of them thought that Jesus Christ was a fictional character like a Walt Disney character. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Like compared to holiday famous figures like that. That's that's really what they thought. Um, my FCA is very outreach kind right. of oriented. I think a lot of kids came in there kind of just to prove. Right that give me a hard time, honestly, but, but we've really kind of like started to bond and stuff. And, um, and they, they really know very little about Christianity. And so it's interesting to see, like, I mean, they, they kind of like sat up like, Oh wait, this, this dude did really exist historically. I should probably know something about it. So we were talking about Easter. 
um, and establishing that he did indeed exist. And the crucifixion is very, I mean, Roman crucifixions were so well I would say documented. It'd be a good idea since the year that you live in was set by the when Jesus Christ came to the planet. It, it, right? Like, I <laughs> mean, it alone. seems pretty common sense. Yeah. Right. You would actually know a little bit about Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. But I do agree. It is a post-Christian world, and there are a lot of people mm-hmm. that probably don't really know much about it. Or they know there's a Bible. They may or may not know there, there's an Old and a New Testament to it. Uh, the books in between, you know, the Old yeah. Testament. New Testament, maybe don't really know a whole lot about that. And that, pick up your Bible and read it, and then you actually would know it. But yeah. I look at these things and... They took them out, so before 9 o'clock, and they've got the first three hours. So this article I looked at kind of split it up between the first three great. hours and the second three hours. And the first three hours, he had some. He starts out with that, Father, forgive them. That's one of the, the first things that he's going to say, one of the first sayings on the cross. Forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. And I've always thought that was an interesting comment because I just don't know that that's what I'd be saying, to no, be honest. No, at this point, he's been right. like, I mean— this is not the beginning of the suffering. Right. I mean, they, they were already like flogging him and doing this and that. And he's like right. barely making it to the hill. And, and this is his response after right. hours and hours of pain and suffering already. And they've been giving him a hard time for several years. Yeah. So let's oh, face yeah. it. Yeah. Pharisees saying he's demon possessed and all kinds yeah. of crazy stuff they said about him. And he was a sinner. And they gave people that tried to follow him a hard time. So, I mean, there was definitely a divide there or hostility there from them towards Jesus Christ. And yet he says, father, forgive them. Yeah. Now, I don't know what I would have been saying. I don't know that I would have been saying that, but I look at the mission. When you think about what the mission of Jesus Christ is, well, he was dying there to forgive sins. So to me saying that father, forgive them for they know not what they do fits the mission of why he was there in the first place. And even that, because sometimes you think, oh yeah, yeah, I can forgive sins, but you know, not, that, you know, I, I mean, have a much like, easier time, like forgiving someone that's not like related to me, who hasn't personally wronged me, um, or they've just always been, you know, like lost. But what blows my mind is this is right after Palm Sunday. I mean, this right. is after Jose. That's probably what I would have had the hardest time. Like, eh, the Romans, you know, the Pharisees. These are like you said, people who've been giving them a hard time. Um, but the people who were waving the palms right. and shouting Hosanna right. and, and declaring loyalty to him now are mocking him and throwing stuff like that would have been hard, I think, right. for me to swallow. Like, that's the hardest when you think someone's, you know, a confident. But Jesus knew. I mean, at the end of John chapter two, he talks about like that was when they were all adoring him and really kind of like, man, this dude is cool. And he's like, right. it says he put no, you know, kind of stock in what what they said because right. he knew what was in them. Right. You know, he saw this coming and, and he was ready for forgiveness, but for well, us. I mean, piggybacking off that statement that he knew what was in them, I think that he knew they didn't get it too. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes yeah. when people do things and say things, you got to look at the person who's saying it or the person who's doing it. Uh, sometimes people have been bitten, tend yeah. to bite. So, or they have a world of problems and you try to understand and it's easier to be more forgiving when you realize, yeah, some of these people probably had a load of problems on their own. They oh, yeah. obviously didn't know who he was. They obviously didn't get it. And yeah. I think he knows they didn't because he knows what's in their heart. He knows they don't get it. Yep, and so he, Father, forgive them because they know not what they do. Yeah, they, they don't, don't even get it. Get it. Yeah, right. They don't get it. So I, I look at that and say, yeah, that's definitely a, a big part of it is his 100% 
understanding of the situation. But I think it's just, again, this is a tragic thing, humanity, and the way that they would treat someone like Jesus Christ, who was so kind and did so many nice things. But this was the point of it. I, I really believe, I mean, Jesus Christ, when he went there, he knew he was going to die. Oh, yeah. The, none of this Definitely. caught him by surprise. No, none of this was off the radar. This. He right. knew what was coming. He yeah. knew. He yeah. knew. He, he told Absolutely. his guys, I'm going to go. I'm going to be handed over. I'm going to get killed. I'm going to come back in three yeah. days. I really don't think they wanted to believe it. I mean, it's not that he didn't tell them. Even those guys didn't really get yeah. it. They heard well, it. Sometimes you hear things, you don't get it. Yeah. That's right? what gets me is I, I've been this year thinking about um, obviously the the sadness and and kind of the grief of it all. Um, I always kind of end up thinking about during this week, but um, the confusion of it, like, right. I don't know, like that's just been, I'm like, man, they, they were told, you know, I, I'm, I'm tear down the temple. The temple is going to be built back up in three days. You know, all of this stuff has been said, but they're, they're just not getting it even right. to the point where, you know, when, when the stones rolled away, they're like, whoa, you know, and you wonder at what point suddenly it was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Because he's, he's really prepared them, but there's so much confusion on, on every level from his followers, from, uh, you know, I mean, the, the Pharisees are just totally dark in their thinking. Like, yeah. they, they think they're actually in control. They're well, not. maybe maybe it's true. When you, I remember hearing this when I was in seminary, and the guy who taught church history said that in church history, it might take somebody 45 years to reach a certain conclusion, but they want everyone else doing it in like 45 seconds. Yeah, so true. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> once you understand something and you see it, like for me, from the perspective as a Christian, well, yeah, I mean, I've read my Bible numerous times and I've been to school about it and I've thought about it. So sometimes you can, of course, sit back and say, what's so hard about this? Yeah, yeah. Like, I think it's clear, but then other things in my life, no, yeah, I didn't hear that a lot of times before I got it. You know, whether yeah, something my absolutely. wife said to me, yeah, she had to say that a lot. <laughs> yeah. Before yeah. I really got it, and before I really and understood all come from it. Different, different backgrounds and right. different levels of like how we were indoctrinated or raised right. or, you know, with different thoughts. I mean, the older generation and, and things like, like racism and things that we see, you know, they, they just are coming around and, and starting to understand. And, and it's, it's, not a character flaw. Sometimes it is a, a different way that they were raised. And so we have Pharisees and stuff who, who have been just living this whole different, um, kind of existence. Yeah. And well, I think it depends too on, did you grow up in North or South? Exactly. I think makes yeah. a huge, and yeah. then there's not only that, then there's urban and rural. Mm -hmm. So even there, and you know, the right. biblical sense of things, you've got, you've got the rich, you've got the poor, you've got those who like live their life in the temple and been told one thing. And so they're all coming at this looking very, very differently. Right. Um, and Jesus is teaching something that now that we have the whole picture, we're like, man, why didn't they get it? Right. Right. But no, absolutely. Would have been a little hard to grasp. I would agree, but yeah. I appreciate him doing that because forgiveness oh, yeah. is what the cross is about. Absolutely. And then he's got the criminal on the cross, which I think is really famous, where one's making fun of Jesus, one sticks up for Jesus, mm -hmm. and he says, "Remember me when you come into your kingdom," which is a phenomenal statement because you you're dying. Yeah. So what kingdom are you talking about? He had to believe that Jesus Christ had a kingdom. That Jesus Christ there was life after death. He had to believe that, mm -hmm. and that Jesus Christ was his ticket that Jesus Christ was going to save them. Yeah. You had to believe it, right? Absolutely. Yeah. They're different the different reactions between the two. I mean, they've 
they've got a firsthand uh, closer than anyone else as to what Jesus has been going through and how he's been suffering. Right. Um, and, and they both have been maybe not to the degree to which Jesus was, right. but, but they're going through the same thing. And it's like, one's completely darkened and mocking. And one is like accepting and believing. And, and in that you're like, man, I, I want to be that one. Right. I want to be the one that, you know, Absolutely. believes and, and recognizes Jesus's authority and, and tells him like submits to him and says like, yeah, I want to be in your kingdom with you. Like, right. Oh, I would, I would absolutely agree with that. I'd yeah. want to be that person yet. Yeah. I've seen people be on the other side, the other yeah. criminal side of it where, and by the way, whatever they did, the one criminal said to the other, we deserve to be here for what we did. And I've always thought about that because the joke is when people are in jail, no one's ever guilty. You watch Shawshank yeah. Redemption. Yeah. Don't you know? Yep. No one's guilty in here. We, none of us did anything, yeah. you know, yeah. deserving yeah. to be here. And when that guy says that he's deserving, it makes me wonder, what did he do? Because yeah. he said he, when you're nailed, nailed to a cross and you say, I deserve it. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah, that's an admission. Know. And I think that's part of his coming to Christ too, is realizing he did deserve it. He deserved to die there. That's what his life choices had brought him to. And he didn't deserve that salvation, but through his faith, Christ gave it to us. And this story is repeated out in history and in our own lives today. It's not about deserving. It's not about being lily white. It's not about did I grow up in church or not. Mm -hmm. Anybody can come to Christ if they have faith in him. Yeah, yeah. And that's that that the part, you know, we see Jesus, Father, forgive them. And I think so often we're like, oh, that's where it ends. But it's like, no, repent and believe. Right. You know, like like there's this this thing that happened on this cross, this great sacrifice, this death and this resurrection that is following was God's part in it. And, and he completely wiped the slate clean. Right. You know, through this, it, it's all him. Like the righteousness is through him. But like there's still the repent and believe part. Right. Like there's this part in it that we have that you see two thieves, you know, or criminals hanging on the cross beside um jesus and, and one gets it one's right. like i'm i'm repentant i'm i'm recognizing i'm facing my sin and i think that's the the hardest part especially in the world today like we don't like this death part we don't like the weakness like it's not something that we we celebrate in our world right. today you know we just want to like pretend we've got it all together and that's not that's not how the gospel works right but there's one thing too about the criminal is this he proved that you don't have to work your way to heaven Absolutely not. Yeah. Right. I mean, there was nothing the man ever did other than believe. I mean, so if, if there's one clear message about that, yeah. is salvation is a work of God, not a work of man. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, the only redemption was and, what Jesus did right. at that point. There was no way of redeeming himself in any. Right. And today matter. we're going to be together in paradise. That's, so great. That's part of what salvation is. Part of salvation is not only is there forgiveness, there's life after death. There's life in a good place after death. Yeah. If you know Christ and Christ got that guy there, just yeah, like Christ can get so any awesome. one of us there through faith. I mean, this is clearly what we believe as Christians. Your sins are forgiven. You can have a home in heaven. That's what salvation is. But then when I'm interested, when they get to the second three hours, so he's on there for roughly six hours before yeah. he's dead. Because later on, they come to break his legs to get him to die quicker because yeah. they couldn't, you would suffocate on the cross. Yeah. So you had to keep pushing yourself up. up to get a breath and then they would break their legs ultimately, but Jesus Christ was already ultimately. gone. But anyway, that three hours of darkness. So at noon, which I think is interesting because top of the yeah, spot of the, day, of the day yeah. for the most part. Yeah. yeah. And you're going to be dark. I mean, that's just weird. Like yeah. I, I would think that would have been one of the most unnerving parts yeah. of that whole day. It would be like the sun would be eclipsed. 
It's just an eerie pall over the whole thing, really. Yeah, at that point, I'm like, man, why wasn't there just like this massive revival? You know, like for the, like, I'm like, how do you miss that? How do you miss, it's, it's noon and it's dark. Right. And the king of the Jews, you know, who's been saying he's the son of God, who, who's been sharing right. this message is hanging on, like the coincidence of it all. But you see right. just that confusion, that darkening and that blindness kind of with their thoughts, because man, that would, that would not sit well with me. I think the darkness was symbolic of all the sins, like the heaviness of it. I mean, you're looking at some hardcore sins that went on that cross. I mean, you're looking yeah. at rape and murder and all kinds of abuse and addiction and lies and stealing and brutality all comes there and he's paying for this. Like all the sins of the world are flocking in like a bunch of blackbirds. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. swarming oh. in, migrating to Jesus Christ from all the years. And I can just imagine this vortex of darkness, yeah. you know, over that cross as he pays for that. And then he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me in that darkness? Why have you forsaken me? Yeah. So as far as we know, it's dark until the bitter end, right? So if it's dark for those three hours, then it's going to be dark until he gives up his spirit. Yep. So then the only time light would return was when he says it's finished. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you see that just that, um, I don't know, like the, there are just, I feel like there are, are dark places and dark situations. And you hear people talk about that. Like you walk into like abusive homes or, or, or this and that. And, and you just, you do some sin is so heavy that you feel kind of that darkness. And we know, um, in Timothy, every good and perfect gift is from God. You right. know, like all the good and all the light in this world, it's a result of who God is and an outpouring right. of him creating all this beauty right. and all this wonder. Right. And in that moment, there's separation. Like, you know, God is, he's, why have you forsaken me? Because for the first time ever, he's, he's, he's separate. Legit, from, separate, you know, right. legit separate from God in dealing with all the darkness and all the hurt and all the things that we deserved. Right. You know, because we actually have done the sinning right. and, and need the consequence, you know, deserve the consequences right. by earthly standards. And Jesus is taking that on. Right. Because the wages of sin is death. Yeah. Gift of God is eternal life. But that death is not a lot of times people think of physical death. Well, everyone dies, a Christian or non-Christian, we don't die yeah. physically. Yeah. Spiritually is the separation from God. And that's mm-hmm. lake of fire stuff. That's torment yeah. stuff. It's misery, darkness stuff. Mm-hmm. That's what we're saved from. But Jesus Christ, when he said, why have you forsaken me to me? That's the ultimate moment when he's paying for the sins of the world in his death. And then finally, he's going to say, right, it's finished. And he's going to give up his spirit. And I think about that. It's finished, man. He paid the debt in full of all of our sins, of any sins. Because I've heard people say, well, you know, he can't forgive everything. I mean, was, what about this guy? What about, and it was like pick out the worst yeah. people they can think. What about Jeffrey Oh, Dahmer? yeah, we had that at the FCA. They're what like, about they're like pedophilia, Adolf you know? Hitler. I mean, the things that just turn your stomach. They're like, what about this? And I'm right. like, the cross was ugly. Right. Like, you know, the crucifixion was horrific for right. a reason. I mean, right. even in secular writings, right. the way that it was documented. I mean, Jesus of Nazareth's crucifixion was terrible right. by by even earthly Roman torture was, you know, one of a kind. Right. Um, and, and it was bad, even in comparison to all the other ones. And and that's why, man, you know, these sins that we hear that, that we see where innocent people are suffering that turn our stomach. Right. It was all of that. No, I, I would agree. Yeah. I mean, it was a heavy, dark. And once for all. I mean, right. Yeah. But he paid for it all because it's by the yeah. riches of God's grace. We have redemption through his blood. 
It's in accordance in Ephesians 1, 7 to the riches, meaning the surplus of God's grace. It would be to be able to outreach or surpass God's grace would be akin to you thinking you could slurp up the entire Lake Erie in a lifetime. You just couldn't. I mean, there's just no way you could do it. Right. And it's always going to be replenished anyway, because all this water is coming in from all the lakes are moving. Eventually, Lake Superior is going to be in Lake Erie, is going to yeah. be in Ontario, going to be down the river, going to be eventually. I don't know. It would take a long time, yeah. but it's eventually going to circulate. Through. All, all of them are connected. So you look at how much fresh water is there. I mean, you could never consume it. I mean, it's yeah. like God's grace is not going to be consumed. And then he commits his hand into spirits, the temple, build the temples torn in two, yeah. which I always thought was super fascinating so because cool. that shows that now man can come to God and pray and gain forgiveness. I can go direct God to God because of the work Jesus Christ did. I couldn't do that before Jesus. Jesus Christ yeah, died no. on the cross. Yeah. And I'm saying, not me, mankind could not do that yeah. before mankind. And I love can the veil now. being torn now because it's right. like, we, man, we need, we need the Holy Spirit to help us understand. And we're still, like you said, right. I mean, an ocean, you know, standing on the side where we can only take in so much of it. Like there's no way we're going to be able to grasp what God's done. But in order for us to kind of get our eyes off the earthly and, and the weight of our sin and, and just how horrible that is and be able to grasp this grace. Right. And that we are forgiven and that what God did was enough, you know, spending time with him, that veil was torn. We can, we can walk in intimacy and, right. you know, the Holy Spirit's, you know, he left that with us and in us and we can start to grasp right. kind of these, these right. truths that are really hard for us to understand, but well, true nonetheless. I'll leave you with this. I mean, you, <laughs> that veil, yeah. that curtain between the holy place and the holy of holies, a high priest, one yeah. person. Yeah could only ever go there one time a year. That's it. Now the access to God, now that veil, that curtain being torn, God was saying, no, man, you can come to me anytime. It's awesome. I love it. It's really great. great. Continually, yeah. Yep. We super appreciate you tuning in and listening yeah, to this thanks. podcast. Uh, we'd encourage you to read the gospels, go there and uh, check out these Definitely. stories. You can actually like, if you want to read about Good Friday, just leave to go to the end of all the gospels and read yep. the stories and kind of catch up on what we're talking about today. We appreciate you tuning in and being here with us. You guys all have a great and a blessed week.